You know, the music I associate with my parents, it's all classical. It's um, uh, Chopin nocturnes, that kind of thing. Um, and my dad had been a very serious singer. In fact, he could have been a professional singer of, of leader. So he and my mother had very highbrow classical tastes. There was no trad in our house even. There was no pop, certainly. But I do remember my dad used to sing Over the Sea to Sky for some reason. That was one song he'd blast out. So I have very fond memories of that one and of my dad singing it in a great big bass voice. debate wasn't so much exciting as really comfortable really there were always people around to talk to you know and if if I knocked on the door of one big sibling and she didn't want to let me in then sure the next one would so there was always people to talk to and I hope I never live alone it, to me it would just seem unnatural I like a house full of people and uh, my, my siblings all being older than me it always seemed like they were doing more exciting stuff so there was always action and go yeah um, and I also liked the fact that like at the dinner table there'd be 10 people talking and everyone fighting for a share in the conversation so I think it did it did turn us all into conversationalists and then um, when I was a teenager I began to feel you know Ireland's conservative side really closing around me. I remember hearing about the Anne Lovett case where she died giving birth and the Kerry Babies trial and the moving statues and gradually I started thinking get me out of here. You know I, I just couldn't stand the way Ireland was in the 1980s in particular. It just seemed absolutely preoccupied with putting women back in their box. Right, that was a revelation. Yeah, we went for just for a single year, um, just the three youngest in the family with my parents. And in New York, I met, you know, divorced people. That was a new concept. People who weren't white. Um, it was it was just breathtakingly different. And I just remember it as this sensory wake up, you know, things like watermelon and blaring yellow taxis and everything just seemed brighter and sunnier and more dangerous and more exciting. I think most of us assumed that we would emigrate. You know, growing up in Ireland in the 80s, you, you always had that feeling of you'd get a degree and you'd get out. So it felt like we were being sort of prepared to head off on our journey around the world, you know. Um, so not a particularly conservative Irish family. And um, when I realised I was gay at 14, of course, I had a few years of trembling, you know, would my family exclude me? But I have to say none of them did, you know. And I think I told them all by the time I was about 21 and not a one of them rejected me, you know. So I really, I, I think often Irish families, you, you assume that they're deep down conservative and they're really not you know they may not have all the up-to-date jargon about a subject but you know if they love their kid they love their kid that that works it was a bit alarming coming out because um until then i'd just been this you know i was never in trouble you know no trouble with boys no trouble with drink no trouble with anything i was very sort of hard working at school and the nuns all approved of me and loved me and i was always writing poems and winning debating competitions so i was miss goody goody so to then realize oh my god i'm a dirty lesbian you know it was a very strange kind of double thing i kept thinking you know people like me and approve of me but if they only knew they wouldn't I'd start going to gay pubs when I was about 19 and I remember I went into my, my first one with a, a gay male friend and I was thinking, oh, nobody else is wearing a dress like I am. And then I spotted one and I said, oh, grand, she's got a dress on. And he said, no, no, honey, that's a he. So <laughs> I never felt I had the dress code quite right. Chris is Canadian and she was there in Cambridge on a, on a two-year thing. So yes, we met in this very scholarly setting and I, I put her off immediately by, I flung up my hand to ask a question of the uh, person giving the seminar and Chris remembers thinking that I was the typical kind of 
obnoxiously arrogant Cambridge woman, you know. But uh, somehow, somehow love bloomed despite my having put her off in the first place. And um, yes, that was nearly 20 years ago. So it's amazing how time runs away with you. I think what makes the biggest change in a relationship is when you have kids, because before that, it's all very carefree, you know. So even if you have a mortgage or whatever, you're still basically, you know, living your lives very freely. But kids, it's a whole other dynamic. You're suddenly, you know, sailing this ship through a storm together. You know, you're you're both having such demands made on you in terms of sleep and energy and patience and everything. So it's it's much tougher. But on the other hand, it is this kind of joint enterprise, you know, but it, it just feels like the most enormously deep connection once you've had kids with someone. Um, and so it, in a way, it goes beyond the kind of, you know, easy passion of the early years because it just it feels like you've put down roots into each other. I'm trying to remember, did Band-Aid come first or was it Live Aid? I think that the show was, was Live Aid. And um, my friend and I were trying to watch the bands all day. And in particular, you 2 who we just revered. And my wretched parents were there and they only like classical music. So they were, you know, unsympathetically watching this parade of people like David Bowie and Freddie Mercury. And uh, then when you 2 finally came on and I felt I was in the presence of my God, you know, and um, my mother said, is that one Mr. Bonio? And I just felt a surge of hatred, you know, like that my parents were this outdated generation who didn't understand and I just wanted to zap them off the face of the earth so that I could worship at the shrine of Bono. And I used to use the lyrics of you 2 as kind of... Um, scripture almost I used to write a random line of U2 lyrics on every page of my homework notebook at school and then I would let that line be a kind of guide to the day you know Fly.